Welcome to the Good Music Podcast, a show where we discuss artists, songs, and talk about why we love them. New episodes every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Central. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and become a patron to gain access to exclusive content. And now, on with the show. Welcome to another episode of the Good Music Podcast. I'm Lucas. I'm Grant. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. I'm still loving that new intro. Yeah. Feel I feel so epic coming in out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, was, that was fun. Yeah, that was something that we uh, we put together ourselves. We didn't have to um, grab any licensed music. We were just like, let's just make some. I literally did, had no idea what it was going to sound like. I just laid down the drums and... Mm-hmm. And, and that was and, it. And having it sound so good, and then having the new mic setup we have. Yes, I just listened to the Megadeth episode just to hear how crisp the mics were compared to what it was before. Ah, uh, yeah. Because you know, I usually don't listen to the episodes before we put them out all the way through. Yeah, I, n- I don't which either. Which is kind of scary. You know, there could be things in there that we wouldn't. Even I always assume to. you do since you're editing it. Well, okay. I look <laughs> maybe through that's, it. Make maybe that's sure, my fault. Make sure the waveforms are not, you know, completely disjointed and stuff but um yeah no any anyway so if there's any good. if there's any bloopers that have made it through yeah without us knowing then yeah <laughs> there you go that would be a compilation right there that would be fun um to see i'm sure there are a few oh yeah i'm there's no way there aren't any there, there's no way there aren't any um i remember uh elton john we had a bad problem with the condenser mic back when we had the Yeah, we... Uh, and, and it it just, about 15 minutes left with part two, it, it shorted out, and so I had to use the recording that I had on my phone in front of me, mm-hmm. which I'm glad I did that, because... Um, and then that, of course, was also the episode where, you know, a certain family member of mine was watching TV too loud in the other Oh, room, yeah. So. <laughs> that was just a... <laughs> good thing that people liked that episode yeah yeah because it was that's been one of our more popular ones it was full of mishaps and wonderfulness anyway speaking of episodes we've got a bunch of episodes um we're actually labeling this now we're in season three ever since our coldplay volume two because we're kind of on a new set schedule and you're gonna really see this in today's episode so just to fill you guys in um you know, depending on if it's a four-week or five-week, it kind of won't matter because um, the first episode of every month, we're going to be doing a return to an artist we've already done an episode on. Mm-hmm. So next week, we're going to be uh, getting to an artist that I feel like got severely overlooked on our first run through. So this is going to kind of be like redemption. But then the last episode of every month is going to be part of our... Um, history of music spinoff. Spinoff. Series. I don't know Which why that was so first, hard to this say. This is the first episode of. Yes, uh, this is going to be really experimental. We're really, um, we're really going to be feeling our way out here. So, those of you that are interested in this, um, welcome to this journey. Um, I hope that you guys are patient to help us figure out the kinks in talking about 
this new subject matter and actually figure out where we're going yes (laughs) i mean i know where we're going as far as the direction (laughs) as far as just exactly how we'll structure the episodes and all that that's kind of still up in the air but we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves because we still need to uh, do a little bit more plugging oh like i i'm sure like i failed to do last time right we've got a we've got a couple of people that have reached out to us recently and uh, one person left us another rating on uh, Apple Podcast. Good, um, yeah. True Blue 1027 says that we need to do Collective Soul. They're severely underrated. And I agree with that. I've never heard of this. I know, I know one song of theirs, but I really like that one song. And it's a song I totally would have done as a bonus song. But, you know, now maybe I'm considering... We should just. I should look into doing a whole episode on them. Maybe. Um, and then they, he says, or she, I'm not sure. Uh, I know you did Soundgarden, but I think an all Cornell episode would be excellent and well-received. I agree with that. That was actually something I was thinking about. Instead of doing a Soundgarden Volume 2, I was thinking about doing something that's a mix of, of Soundgarden, Temple of the Dog, Audio Slave, his three main... Side his three main projects. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that has been in my brain. So That'd be fun. we were kind of on a little bit on the same wavelength there. So great minds. That's right. And then also we got a um, we got a an, like a voice memo through Anchor. Ooh, from someone. That's cool. And I wanted to uh, play that here on this episode. I'm gonna. <laughs> is I'm that gonna, even gonna. I'm going to put it in front of the mic. I'm going to put it in the front of the mic. Oh, let's see how this works. We're going to see. This is going to be a disaster. Oh, I don't think it's going to oh be a my disaster. God. Oh, it's going to be an audio disaster. Well, <laughs> we're going to find. We're about to find out. Yeah, you'll find out. If, yeah. if it doesn't work, you'll, you won't even hear this. We'll just edit the whole thing out. Maybe. Maybe. Some of it. Okay. So this is, uh, this is from Felix. He sent this to me about three days ago. Okay. And I really like this. So if you guys uh, want to communicate with us and actually have your voice be heard, we'll, we'll regardless, we'll figure out a way to be able to play these on our episodes. Right. Um, this is just me spontaneously going, hey, let's put it on the microphone because I'm, <laughs> I'm smart. Yeah. All so, right. Here uh, we go. This, so this is what Felix sent to us. Hello, guys. It's Felix here uh, from Sweden. Just listened to your Dream Theater podcast, and I thought it was really interesting and thoughtful and um, – yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, so now I wanted to request another artist, and that is uh, Stephen Wilson. Um, it's a band Porcupine Tree. I think they have done a lot of interesting albums and songs. Uh, I think there's lots, lots there to analyze and talk about. So that would be really cool. Uh, anyways, have a good summer. Peace. Wow. Yeah, thank you, Felix, for okay. sending that in. Um it's really cool that, you know, even in Sweden, we're having people listening to us, which is really cool. Yeah. And uh, just showing that it's not just here in America that people are listening, or the, just the people here in Oklahoma that know us, and yeah. you know. So People like good music. That's right. People it's, like good it's, music. It transcends all borders. Yes. So Porcupine Tree is definitely a band that I would love to do an episode on some point. I'm actually not super familiar with them, but it's one that I think I would have a lot of fun um, getting to know and form, formulating an opinion 
through doing research for them. So, um, yes, that is absolutely a band I will take into consideration. As far as how quickly we'll get to them, we kind of have had a lot of prog lately and then going to have a couple more in the near future that I just mm-hmm. can't wait to do. Yeah. But then I'm going to kind of be taking a little break just to let some other genres and artists um, have their opportunity to get an episode. But when we kind of... Because I, I do know about kind of what their style of music is. So whenever we come back to that world... I definitely will take that into consideration. So thank you so much for sending that message to us. I really enjoyed receiving that. And anyone else that wants to um, send us a personalized voice message, the way you can do that is through the Anchor app. That's how we received that. Um, I'm not sure exactly how you send one, but he yeah. was he, Felix was able to figure it he, out. He was so. able to figure it out, so some of y'all probably are able to figure it out. Just press some too. buttons until you get what you want. That's, yeah. how I, that's how I learn how to do just about anything. <laughs> I'm just stubborn and I won't quit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so that just shows you that, you know, we love getting suggestions. So the way that you can send us your suggestions is either through voice me- messages or by leaving us reviews on our podcast on the different platforms. I don't know if Spotify lets you leave reviews or not or ratings. I don't think they do. If there is, I don't know how. Um and then also another way that you can get involved with us is through our social media pages, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I have been noticing that we've been getting some fairly famous musicians looking at our stories. Ooh. The last like five or six in a row, both Jefferson Starship and Starship have been looking at... Um, and Jefferson Airplane, was that another one? No, not Jefferson Airplane, I'll, at least I don't think. Yeah. But I mean, it's the it's the same thing. Yeah, well, it's just upgraded. Different, different they just upgraded their their flying mobile. Art, artist formerly known as yeah know, Jefferson Starship. <laughs> uh, so that's been pretty cool to see pop up on our little because I can see who looks at our stories. Yeah, and uh, they haven't started following us, which means that they're going out of their way to uh, to look at what we're doing. So. Whoever is in charge of their Instagram account, just go ahead and give us a follow to make it easier. Yeah. (laughs) And also, I noticed that um, Alice Cooper's guitar player checked out our most recent story. Which guitar player? Uh, I have to look at it. I I didn't recognize the name because he had had, um, I think it was Nita Strauss for quite a while. I thought she was still playing in Alice Cooper. That's that's when I kind of was confused by it. I I don't it doesn't because the story expires so I can't see anymore. Oh, but it, but his his tagline under I should have remembered what his name was. Mm. Uh, it said guitars for Alice Cooper and it had like the blue check mark on it. That's pretty cool. And so it's just like cool. mm, okay, we're starting to get seen by yeah. some more yeah. famous people. So because um, my ultimate goal is I would love to be able to get some interviews. So yeah. if anyone's listening that would love to. Um, talk about their band and their music with us um just uh let us know send us a message uh send us a voice message <laughs> yep. that's that's an easy way yeah. and uh um, or instagram or instagram private direct message just i would love to be able to uh figure out a way to make that happen yeah because that would be the the best way to be able to talk about these songs is with the people who made them right and then and then hopefully we actually like your music you know i'm just kidding 
I'm just kidding. That would be so sad. If that we, would be. If, if it was like you would one not of, be able to talk about what you don't like in a song. I, I wouldn't be able to. <laughs> no, because I'm. Yeah, I can. I I can bash stuff as much as I want, but if the person who wrote it is right in front of me, I'm not going to. Yeah, because that's just. And me. I mean, I but. I don't like to bash anyway on this platform just because we're trying to convince people to go check out the music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So even if that's there's true. stuff I don't like, I tend not to talk about that's it. True. That's true. Um, and then the next thing is Patreon. Uh, right. Definitely. Now we have got a lot of stuff. You, those of you might be listening to this episode early. If you're a patron, we're going to start yeah. shouting out patrons on here that, um, that sign up for either tier. So if you subscribe for the $3 tier, that'll get you access to episodes early. Exactly how early is just going to depend on when we finish them. Just as soon as we get one on, we'll just put it right on there. There won't be like a release schedule or anything. Uh, And then also our second cover song will be patron exclusive. And that'll be for the $5 a month tier. And with that, you'll also get access to episodes early. I feel like there's a $10 a month, is there? Nope. Not anymore? I don't think there ever... You know what? There might be. It's <laughs> what it is is that right now there's no extra thing for ten dollars. Okay. Just because it's, I think it's just something I have just in case I we think of more stuff to do. Okay. But right now the only thing we're putting content on is three and five. <laughs> and so for this week, because we are not talking about music from this millennium. Or yeah. the last several millenniums, uh, we're not doing any cover songs based on music from this episode. So what we did was we went way back to our very first episode on Queen, and we did two cover songs based on that episode. So that'll kind of be something cool to get to do is to go back on these episodes and get to do songs for the artists that we never got to do before we started doing this whole cover song thing. So. Um, the way that you'll find those is one of them's on YouTube, one's on Patreon. Um, I don't think I've quite decided which one is on which. I think I think what we what I'm going to decide to do, I'm going to announce it right here, okay. is we're going to do uh, "Don't Stop Me Now," which you can find on YouTube, and "Crazy Little Thing Called Love" will be patron exclusive. Okay. So if you want to hear us cover that song, go check us out. The link is in the episode description. I'll try not to mix that up. Yeah. Yeah. I'll remind you. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm the one that uploads. Uh-huh. So, yeah, go check those out. And, yeah, the last thing is we've got a YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to that. Like the video. Uh, give us a comment. Turn on the notifications. Those come out the same time that new episodes come out. Yeah. And with that, we've got a little bit of news to talk about. Okay. And I'm wondering if you've already heard about it. It's possible. About Metallica? No. So, S&M 2 has officially been renounced with an official release date. S&M 2 already happened. But as far as... um, The album. The album. Oh. And the the live DVD and all that. Good, because their version of All Within My Hands on that was... It redeemed the song. Yeah, so that's what they released as a a single ahead of time. That came out a couple days ago. And yeah, it's really good. That song has just had an interesting redemption arc because it was also on the... um, It was on St. Anger. Well, it was on their acoustic live album that came out last year. 
oh. Helping Hands, which it was an all acoustic live record, and they reimagined a bunch of their songs. Like they do a really cool version of Disposable Heroes and the Four Horsemen, and and that's the that's the name of their charity. Yes, is all the All Within My Hands Foundation. I think so, and that's what that concert was for. It was to, it was for everyone that was like high donors towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's kind of cool to see that song be reborn, right? Because at its base, it was a good song. It was just it had a lot of crap around it, right? It was just they that, tried to put too much anger into mm-hmm. a lot of the songs on that album. Yeah, some of them it works. I would say like I've kind of grown to like the first three. But everything after that, you know, except for the unnamed feeling, I think they they pull back enough on that mm-hmm. for at least the music video cut to any anything with a the snare on it is pretty bad and and there's just right. and there's just there's so many vocal takes that are just like you really couldn't have gotten a better one like on all within my hand hate me now when he's just kind of whining that into the yeah. into the mic. And of course, we don't have the famous kill, 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 kill in the new version. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of morbidly fascinating in its own way. What a weird way to end a really weird we- record. Weckard. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I said that. We're keeping that in. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they released that and um, uh, Nothing Else Matters, which is, you know... Of one, of the, one of the gimmies to do for right. a symphonic. I'm really excited to hear this. I love the first S&M uh, record. I actually went and saw S&M 2 at the theater. Really? With Trenton. Oh, uh, okay. So you already kind of know. I, so I, I already saw everything. I don't, it was just... I don't, I don't know what's going to be on this. It blew me away. They also did a song with the orchestra. Like There was an orchestral song that they adapted to include them as well mm, interesting and then there's also the orchestra did like their own performance on their own mm-hmm. it was just it was amazing yeah it was amazing i'm really excited to listen to it because i didn't get to see it in theaters their their version of um actually they did the same thing they did with memory remains uh-huh and they had that little outro with the orchestra but don't, the, don't spoil too much for me but the audience just kept going yeah and it, it sounded really beautiful they're telling them to stop but they wouldn't stop so yeah. anyway well, no, that's that, the normal. That's that's one of the, that's one of the many great moments of that. I'm not spoiling, but about two like percent for that. So I I love listening to like something like that, a live record, and not knowing what they're gonna play next, and seeing yeah. if I can like read the room and go, okay, what what song are they gonna go into next? I don't I don't remember the order at all. <laughs> but hearing hearing specifically that version of All Within My Hands was really cool. Yeah. So, it comes out August something. So, August something. August something. You heard it here first. And that like that's like in a month. That's that's this month. I want to say was no. Well, no, no, cuz this is still July when they're listening. Yeah. Oh. Unless okay. people aren't listening on time. It's going to I want to if I go off of my memory, I want to say it's like August 26th or something like that. Hmm. I could also be way off, and it's like in October. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm going with my. They, gut haven't, f- they haven't released an album forever. So. Well, it hasn't been that long since Hardwired. Well, I guess now it's been 2016, four years now. Well, it's been a long time since they've released a record that's good from start to finish. Yeah, well, it's, that's objectively good. It's hard for a lot of artists to make albums that are good from start to finish. I think... Not great from start to finish, but good. 
Uh, Death Magnetic I is mean, great yeah. from start to finish. Well, that's what exactly that's what I'm saying. It's like you. But I mean, that has been twelve. That was twelve years ago. Exactly. That's what I mean. Dang. Yeah, hard <laughs> hardwired is a mixed bag, but we're not. Here it's to got talk, great songs. We're not here to talk about we're, all that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about songs that were written on the other side of the Roman Empire. So, historically, not as not geographically. Yeah. It's kind of close to the Roman Empire geographically. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and get into that. If yeah, you, let's go ahead and get started. So, wanna, yeah. um, as you've seen from the title of the episode, uh, we're going to really, really go all the way back, as far back, back as we can go, Yeah, to what is the oldest music that we can, with any kind of accuracy, study and replicate and try and learn from. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about um, ancient music. Yes. So there's a difference between um, prehistoric music and ancient music. Mm-hmm. So prehistoric music will be like, you know, before any kind of written civilization. Mm-hmm. So anything that, you know, the best guess is being from what they look at, like cave paintings. Right. and old old fossils of they're just like this might have been an instrument i don't know right because the oldest surviving instrument that they have found is a hollowed out like bone flute that's pretty cool it's i want they want i think they said it's like forty thousand years old that is but then they also like can't really prove it's a flute it could have been used for something else but their that's their best guess is it's a flute but they can't say for 100% Could've sure. Could have been a water bottle. Could have been <laughs> with a bunch of holes with in it. With a bunch it. of no, holes in it. it. <laughs> no, it couldn't have been a water bottle. I don't know. Hey, I mean, if you're ha- thirsty. Because it has all the holes for like fingering and it's not just a hollowed out bowl. Or well, if it can carry a tune, it's a flute. But that's the thing. Let's so, be honest. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about what purpose music served back in this time. Because that's important to that's know. That's good. Um, well, let's talk about what what purpose does music serve today. Okay, are you are you asking me? Yes, personally? this is not a rhetorical question. Okay, okay. This um, is just to get the discussion going. I, I I would say for me, it's like it's a hobby. It's like something that I look forward to. Like when I put on a record, you know, I want to get an experience mm-hmm. and I want to get like a story. And then, you know, the, the artists are showing off their talent and their songwriting, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's also the aspect of just making something that sounds good, right? It's, it's similar to, I would say visual arts, you know, you want to make something that looks good. So for you, it's art. What it's, about, it's art. what yeah. about those that aren't musicians? What purpose does that music serve? That is a serve? good question. Um, before I was mu- a musician, I was 11 years old. So that's a while back. Um, but I'd have to say for my non-musician friends, music is kind of a way of... Well, there's there's obviously there's worship music, mm-hmm. right? Um, which I would think is a, very applicable to our episode today. Yeah, so it's, so it's music to... Um, um, to commune with a higher power... Yeah. If we want to, if we want to kind of categorize, if we were, if we were going to generalize that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's also just the dance party music, yeah. So sing along music. So music to um, 
have any experience with or music people to commune with that above and commune with that around you yes uh also there's music to that people i've heard people say that they just will put on music to help change their mood that's uh, true that's a if thing they, too. if you know you think of football players they're going to put on something that gets them pumped up not necessarily they're listening to the music to go oh that's a cool they're just put it on they're not probably not even listening they're just feeding off of the energy that it's given them right i mean there, there's so much to something that takes up an entire one of the five senses mm-hmm. you know um we have music and this is going to sound a little cruel, but music for manipulation purposes. This is music that we use in commercials and advertising and, and movies. Movies, too, yeah. You know, it's all about eliciting a specific response from the listener, um, which is kind of a science, yes. almost more than a. It's art. very psychological. Yeah. Um, and then there's people that just have it on just to have noise in the background. I know a lot of people that literally will just put on music that doesn't even have a lot of music quality, but they're just like, ah, I just, the, the sounds soothe me. You know, I like to have something on while I do the chores around the house or think of like, if you go to a spa and it's mm. got like that, the, that calm music, like you're not sitting, listen going, Oh, I wonder what mode that harp is playing in. I would do that. But but most, a normal person would not people, do that. No, it's just it's simply just because silence is weird and silence is awkward. Yeah, it's like noticing when a screen is off mm-hmm. more than when it's on. No, that's a good point. Um, and just you think about the world, um, is except for probably maybe the most remote places in the world, and even then I would say it's a stretch to say that there's not any place where music doesn't exist, any civilization. Music is serves some kind of function. Maybe it doesn't serve all the functions that it does for us here in in you know first world countries, where music is not a luxury or a necessity, but rather just a commodity. Mm-hmm. You know, right? It's kind of like how before we had the ability to record music. You know, mm-hmm. music was a big deal to have. You'd have musicians who would perform the songs from the sheet music, you know? Yep. And so that's why there were more performers, and you'd, you'd have the profession of learning to play someone else's music. Cover mm-hmm. bands were all the rage before oh, yeah. we had uh, the... Absolutely. The whatever it's called <laughs> to record music. I don't even know. Original bands? Uh, what, what What is it called that records music? What was the thing? It was like Thomas Edison invented it. Anyway. Oh. Um, before um, we had recorded music. Uh, I haven't done research for that part yet. Yeah. But um, now we're able to, we yeah. have so much more original stuff now. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to make music now. Right. Where it was very difficult back in the I day. I mean, we're doing it. You and me, we're doing it in my parents' house. Yeah. That's we, crazy. We, we make songs every week. Right. Not original songs. Not original but, songs, but. You know, we do our cover songs right. every week. Um. Yeah, so, but just music is everywhere. Even when there's no people around, music is still there. Would we say that what the birds make is music? Mm-hmm. Um, if, right. you know, you have rain falling onto a surface, it's technically, and it, depending on what surfaces it'll hit, it'll make certain pitches to where it mm-hmm. could be musical. Um, you know... Music is kind of a natural 
occurrence of life. There, yeah, there's there's a lot of instances of important musical concepts in nature. I mean, you you just mentioned rain, right? Rain on you know a ground versus versus a roof will have different kinds of noise. You know, you'll have white noise if it's falling on a surface near you, and you'll have pink noise if it's falling on a surface above you, like a roof. And those are important types of noise when you're mixing modern music. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll you'll put on pink noise to ring out a room or white noise to, to ring out a room or whatever. Yeah. And and then also, I think it's cicadas. They slowed down the song of cicadas, like, really slow, and it was a, a one major, four major progression. Huh. That's and it interesting. Was really, it was really beautiful, and I wish I could find it. I, I was searching for a long time to see if I could find that because – it I'm was in some some music class that I was in in high school, and I was looking forever, and I couldn't find it. But That's it was cool. really beautiful. So I'm glad you mentioned that, that it jogged my memory. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, nature has music all around us, even without humans. You're right about that. Yeah. So knowing that about what are the reasons and the ways that music exists with us now, now let's go back to all the way in the past and just start to kind of apply the same questions. So what did people use music for back then? Well, people did not use it in the way that you originally described. Music was not art back in these days. Music was also Mm. not meant to um, be just listened to. They didn't have concerts back then. Um, So no performance pieces. Yes, but not for the not just for the enjoyment of the people. It always served a a specific function first. So, like a specific person, specific deity. Or, yeah, yeah, or just you know, it was meant to accomplish a particular task. So, what, what does that mean, though? So, well, I'm about to explain. Okay, <laughs> that's the whole point of this segment. Okay, <laughs> so you know, you look at prehistoric peoples and you start okay. to think of like what even compelled them to start using music. We don't know what the first music ever played was. Obviously, it's very logical to assume that nature created the first music. And, you know, and obviously even if you um are, you know, follow the Bible like we do, but we're not going to, you know, try and put that onto people that are secular that yeah. are listening. We're even so we don't know how music began. There's no verse in the Bible that said and on this day music was given. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. It's still a mystery no matter what version of history you look at. Mm-hmm. So but what we can know is just that music was very much used for survival. That's what researchers have kind of used. Um they found that the reason why people lived in caves, well, first off, you know, shelter is a good place to stay away from the rain and the heat and predators. But with all these large networks of caves that people were discovering that they could tell that people long ago had were able to navigate them, they used echolocation the same way that wow. bats would. And so it's likely that they would use different pitched vocals to kind of be able to communicate with each other throughout the long 
uh, corridors and, you know, if someone were, able, were to get lost, they can kind of use that to have people help find them. Um, music was very useful for war and for battle. I mean, we've seen it used in like kind of in football, football, <laughs> as well as just like, you know, there's a lot of instances of being able to see it like in Revolutionary War, Civil War. You've got the drummers got and the, drummers the people and that play the horns and the flutes. Yeah. Marching. Star Wars 6, you know. Yeah. <laughs> March, you know, marching tunes and as well right. as, um, you know, these barbaric tribes back in the day would use music to scare their enemies. This is where a lot of the influence for metal and, you know, you've got like the, the, the old throat singing. Yeah. The didgeridoo stuff. Yeah. And so that would be used to, to strike fear into whatever opponent you were going into battle with. Hmm. So it's really more soundscapes at this point, more than, yes, but it's more than rhythm. It's definitely the, um, the beginnings of what would turn into music. Um, obviously, the the first instrument is the human voice. It's the oldest instrument in the world, and we right. still use it. And it's likely the first thing that people ever used. You know, people learning to whistle to sound like birds, or you know, imitating the other roars or sounds that animals would make around them. Mm-hmm. And but if we were to talk about the actual first instrument instrument that people probably use it was probably some form of a drum just because that's it doesn't take a lot of artifice and crafting to just take something and hit it and create some kind of rhythm right it's likely that that was kind of the first big step into creating what people now know as music mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously like i said earlier we've got old old fossils of bone flutes and we don't know what they sounded like obviously people did not have any idea of how to measure pitch and any kind of modes or scales that didn't really yeah, exist we didn't have the 12 time scale no we did which not. has changed even in recent years mm-hmm. so um okay so we don't have well we you just talked about we have rhythm now yes kind of kind of again kind of and again, this is all guesswork, just because this is p- before people wrote anything down. Even if things were written down, we don't have any translation for it. But it's once we reach kind of man starting to really gather into communities and mm-hmm. form civilizations that we kind of start to get, for the first time, a good glimpse of what music was like. Um, we start to see more of the ancient instruments that we have a good idea of how to replicate now, like old lutes and lyres and lyres. Um, double clarinets and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of drums, tambourines, and just stuff that we found in different archaeological digs, mm-hmm. as well as just stuff that's been handed down and preserved for thousands of generations. Yeah. And... But we still don't have any kind of music being written down because music was not ever created in that kind of sense of, you know, here's a staff, this is this note goes here, this note goes there. Right. Um, music was usually improvised just because the way they would make the instruments, it always, you know, made the same sounds. Like everyone w- was always typically in the same key, but then also it kind of didn't matter that much. And they would just play. And 
if you wanted to recreate what something did, you just better have remembered it. Yeah. Things were passed down orally and visually back then instead of writing down music. Hmm. Just because it was just like, you know, people would just get up and start playing. There wasn't as much a a plan or a... People wouldn't write and plan music in the sense of like, okay, we're going to start on this note, and then we're going to go to this note, and then we're going to play this. And you, play a solo once we have played yeah. 16 measure. Like, that wasn't a thing back then. Mm-hmm. Um, the oldest music that exists in is written in written form is actually the first song that we're going to talk about in our set. It's called The Hurrian Hymn. And um, it was found on an old clay tablet. It dates to, I want to say, 1300 B.C., 1400 B.C., somewhere around there. a long time ago. a long time ago. And also, we don't know how to completely translate it because, obviously, they were using a form of writing down music that is completely alien to the version that we have. Um, And so there are a lot of wide interpretations of how that music is supposed to sound. We know what instrument it's supposed to be played on, and we actually do know what it's supposed to be tuned to because that those instructions are found in the tablets that the music is found on. But as far as what it exactly sounds like, we don't know. People have guessed. People debate and get angry. It's like, right, no, so, it sounds so, like this. No, So it we assume like- that it's in the 12-tone scale. And to some extent, we kind of assume what major mode yeah, it's in. Mm-hmm. We have we no just, idea. We just assume that they're not going to make something that's completely disgusting sounding tonally. Right. Well, but maybe, maybe to them, but it maybe sounds, again, yeah, ex- right. That's why it's this, just the the weird thing about it is though there are certain mathematical ratios in certain chords, mm-hmm. right? I mean the the five chord, the where you'll play the one and the five. That's that's a three halves or two thirds or something. And that's what we'll talk about. The next episode, right. part two, um, which will be next month, that's when we'll start learning about right. kind of when that comes in. That's the Greeks and the Romans that start to find out the science behind music. We have mm. our first step towards music theory becoming a thing. We have a little bit in this episode. We do. But, but it's, it's very sparse. But the, I think the reason we do is because that's the only way we can even come close to trying to interpreting this music is we base off of the rules that we have. Right. So besides the first song in the set, everything else is just pure guesswork based on the instruments that we found based off of, uh, and the reason why I'm mostly pulling from ancient Egyptian music is because that's the civilization that's given us the best idea of what music from this time period sounded like. Because the Egyptians were the most advanced as far as writing and documentation, mm-hmm. um, their craft work in creating instruments. Um, we have so many hieroglyphic wall paintings on all of the emperor's tombs and the pyramids and all that to where it's just like we have a really good idea. We see what these instruments look like because they drew them. Um we know what the instruments were used for because we see pictures of them playing and we see what it is they're playing for. And so that's for the instance of listening to music for this episode. 
which we'll get into that in the next part. Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious to hear, because I'm curious to hear how you approach it from a theory perspective. Yeah, the first song is actually kind of, for lack of a better term, packed with little tidbits of... Slaps, as the kids would say. It's, well, it's packed with little tidbits of, of theory. Well, I'm very interested to hear all that because I focus more just on the, the history and the... Okay. So well, that, gonna, that's good. I'm going to kind of look to you to help me with the theory <laughs> part of it. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's that's what we're going to be looking at. And I think that now is a good time to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to actually look at some ancient music. Not all of it Egyptian, but most of it Egyptian. Mm-hmm. And uh, see what we can learn from it. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to the Good Music Podcast. We just finished talking about our first section of our first episode of our History of Music spinoff series. And now it's time to talk about the six songs for this episode. Yes, yeah, so, so, we, so we still have songs. Yeah. So oh. for, for the people whose episode this is first. I wish you guys could have seen the face that which, Grant made whenever he was just like, oh, we do. Yeah, we have songs. Yeah, oh my goodness. Um. If this is your first episode, I'll have Lucas explain six songs. This is a weird first episode to pick. Yes. <laughs> uh, but if this is the first time you're listening to us, we really appreciate it. And hopefully you enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so what we do with this, and this is going to serve a bit of a different function than what the songs normally will do. So what we're doing with this is we're just going to give you guys an actual concrete picture of what the music that we're talking about in this time period sounds like. So, for instance, with ancient Egyptian music, um, we're just going to be playing music from this time period. But I still like to take the approach like I do with other episodes to where I try and kind of give the songs a little bit of a sequence. It's really hard to do with this kind of music, but I still did my best. Mm -hmm. And it'll definitely be more so as music gets more modern as we move forward through time. So the way that you can listen to these songs is there's a link in the description of the episode to go to a Spotify playlist, and you'll be able to find the songs there. I would really recommend that you listen to them. Most people would never think to listen to this music just on their own, you know, driving the car and go, hmm, I wonder what ancient Egyptian music sounds like. Yeah, I don't think many people have done that. Uh, you kind of have to know what's already there. But I think that it's worth listening to just even just once. I've listened to it multiple times. Yeah, I've actually... I've listened to it many, many times. I've actually kind of enjoy it in a weird way. Not in the same some, way... Some of the songs, yeah, there are some pretty enjoyable parts. Not yeah. in the same way that I would enjoy music today, but just yeah. like... So I'm also going to kind of get into what's... How do, you, how do you listen to this music? Because if you listen to it the same way that you would listen to like a modern pop song, if you're looking for hooks 
if you're looking for verses and choruses and well, okay, there's a little bit of th- there's a little bit of theme. Yeah, but as far as just like this is the verse, this is the chorus, here's the bridge, like it's not structured that way. Yes, we do have reprising themes, but it's not built the same way. And because of that, the best way that you're going to get something out of these songs is to really just kind of put yourself as if you were there in ancient Egypt. Um, I would recommend just sitting down, closing your eyes. Obviously, if you're driving or doing something else, don't close your eyes. But just, you know what I mean. Just imagine that you are in this ancient civilization and you've never heard music before. And this is kind of your opening experience. Mm -hmm. I think that when you do that and you kind of let go of your current pretenses of what you think music is and should be it becomes an immediately more satisfying experience right right i tried to do that when we first listened and i th- i think i've um, did a better job the further i or the more i listened to these mm-hmm. um so yeah and then just you'll pick up on interesting things yeah you know inter- it, i mean all the stuff i'm going to mention in this episode that i noticed you guys will probably notice so much more so definitely give them a shot. Um, you may learn something. You may find that you get a little bit of inspiration from this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I guess with that, let's we'll move go ahead and on get started. to the very first song in recorded history. Yes, and I figured that this was this would be the best way to it, start it's off. Best way to start off. Um, this is the only song in the set that we actually have any idea of being a, a song that has existed before. And that's the hurry in him. I talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, the guy that's playing this, his name is Michael Levy. His whole thing is recreating songs like these. He has several handcrafted um, leers that are tailor made to be as historically accurate as possible. That's pretty cool. And he like releases whole albums of just stuff like this. And again, most of it is just songs that he's written himself, but based on the style. Like this guy is a historian. He knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. He's not just like, you know, uh Keith Richards, if he were to come across this instrument, he tries and write a modern sounding song on an old instrument. Yeah. Um you know, he's Mr. Levy is actually doing his best, even with his original compositions, to write music that could have existed in that time frame. We do have one on this list, don't we? Yeah, so that's the song after this is one of his original compositions that is pulling from the ancient style. Which I didn't even notice, because it sounded like it fit. Yeah, but that's anyway, the whole point. We're not talking about that song, we're talking about the first song. So, yes. One of the first things I noticed was it was it was very long. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have expected it. It was it's in a weird time frame. You know that around six seven minute time frame. Uh huh. Because I would I would expect that either it would be really really short because maybe you know the historians are just trying or or the musicians are just trying to remember like this specific melody. Or they don't want to take the time to record the whole thing because it's not really worth it. Or it could end up being very, very long because we just discovered music and we're just now trying out all the different sounds. Mm-hmm. Experimenting. So it was, yeah. It, but the more I listen to it, the more I realize it's it's kind of, it's got it's got the death uh, format where you'll have the multiple. It actually kind of reminds me of Wild Side by Motley hmm. Crue, where it's kind of a bunch of different 
quote-unquote riffs. This is a lyre. Okay, mm-hmm. it's a stringed instrument, so we can call it riffs. That kind of uh, loop on themselves a little bit. Uh huh. You know, uh, kind of some different themes, some different techniques. Yeah, like you can tell that it's just there's it gets to a point where it's just like okay, now we've kind of gone back to the beginning again. Yeah, exactly. So that's probably why it got to be that. Yeah, because like, I've seen the tablet that this music is transcribed on. There's not a whole lot on there, mm-hmm. so it's l- likely that he kind of has. It could also be that he's filling in some gaps. Maybe. Again, like I said, there's so many interpretations. I've heard different versions of how this song is supposed to sound, and it's wildly different. It's not even like it's kind of similar, not even like Four Horsemen mechanics similar, like to where people are playing completely different notes, completely different tempo, completely different lengths. One person's version is like two minutes long that I saw on YouTube. Wow. So there you go. It's the same instrument, but just the way that it's played is very different. Yeah, I was wondering why there weren't any synths on this one. It's kind of just... Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, no, I understand that. Um, a really interesting thing that I noticed. So, me as a metalhead, mm-hmm. when I think of Egypt, you know right where my brain goes. Yes. Season in the Abyss, Slayer. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some tremolo picking on this song, which yeah, I was surprised. Was. Because I don't... Do they have picks or any kind of yes, picks? Yes, they do. They, okay. the, he does use a pick for this instrument. But is that historical? Do we know? Um, I want to say that it is. Okay, because that would make sense. And what it what it appears to me is that some of it is finger picked and some of it is actually using a pick. That's kind of the that's, feel that I get from it. That's some complicated technique. Yes. For fourteen hundred BC. Mm-hmm. Like. People were trained to be musicians, okay. but like I said, musicians were not like the the rock stars that we know today. It's because that a lot of the music's function was religious, and they it was kind of a, a religious undergoing, mm-hmm. similar to like being a priest. Yes, so that was one of the ways that they felt like okay. that they could commune with the gods. Mm-hmm was that was like their language and their way of communicating with them was through music. And so they definitely made a concerted effort to be great musicians. Right. But just, you know. For a different reason. They just they didn't have the concentration on writing songs that are going to be played the same way over and over again. Right. Okay. So, and then also, just to clarify, this is actually not Egyptian. So this is um, a an ancient civilization called the Hurrians. Okay. And it's a, it's in, I want to say it's around like, uh, Syria, Lebanon, kind of like more closer to Israel than hmm. Egypt. So on the other side of the, the Red Sea. Okay. The other side of the pond. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll hit a point that the, all the songs off of that one album afterwards are all Egyptian, but these first two songs are, actually more Middle Eastern. Because hmm. we also, the second song is more in the vein right. of, uh, I mean, it's... Well, it's obviously because yeah. of the name. But, uh-huh. But, yeah, and then I I will note that another thing I noticed, which really surprised me because we, we kind of talked about, you know, chord chemistry and the science behind it and the math behind it, and you said, you know, that we hadn't gotten there yet. It's until we get to the Greeks and the Romans. We have some parallel fifths, Mm-hmm. going on. It's likely that they knew 
that these things existed, but they had no idea why. Mm-hmm. You know, just using their ear, they'll go, oh, this right. this stuff works together. No idea why, but it does. I mean, that that's another thing that shows up in metal, both the I don't know why it works, but it does, and the parallel fifths. <laughs> There's a lot I of mean, people that don't know their theory in metal. Mastodon loves parallel fifths. I mean, they use it all the time. Slayer, kind of, but but a lot of metal bands, I mean, you know, Megadeth, essentially all their riffs is just power chords, parallel fifths. Mm-hmm. And tremolo picking. This is metal, basically, is what I'm trying to say. I've always, I've always had that instinct. Like I'll listen, I was just like, you can hear the beginnings of heavy metal like, here. And it, it took us a long time to get back to almost three thousand years. Yeah, it's kind of like you know, this is, this is the original metal guitar player right mm-hmm. here. But anyway. Um, Probably played for some very metal ceremonies, like sacrifices, and <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be pretty metal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, it, it's just it's got the same idea though as metal of experimenting and coming up with different sounds and different techniques that sound cool. You don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say modern metal to an extent. We we really know what's going on. I mean, guys like Devin Townsend, guys like Dream Theater, guys like the artist that's coming up that's very similar to those they know their theory you know it's it's a craft mm-hmm. whereas you know this hurry and him you know guys like slayer and all the classic metal they kind of just it's the energy that goes behind it yeah and it's the thought process less than the actual notes it's likely that they they thought that it was almost magic that maybe because you know science hadn't shown them how music works yet mm-hmm. and so they're just like you know yes we know how to make the instruments but why it makes such beautiful music and why it does that is just like it must be supernatural i mean music is magical mm-hmm, yeah it, i mean it just no it just i mean seriously like i is. know i know but it's just the way you said it was it's just music is magical it is it's a, it's a special thing there's something about it that is not just vibrations that we hear it's otherwise a computer can make it and computer tries computers try but they just can't yeah there's there's something about music that hits you right in the soul yep and so i think we can go ahead and talk about the second song yeah the second song which i think is based off the first it sounds very similar. There, there's the it's, similar it's, kind it's of. It's off the same album as the same guy that did it. It's the sliding kind of leer sound, mm-hmm. you know, that starts off. That was very prevalent in the in the first song. Yeah, this one's called King David Danced. There's some sweet picking. That's what that is. Mm. <laughs> um, and it's it's got more of those quote unquote harmonies. That's really kind of just trying things out. Uh-huh. Which obviously the musician who was writing this, Michael Levy. Michael Levy probably knows what harmony is he yeah. probably has a it's very again, intimate understanding with harmony it's it's again it's what makes it so difficult is to try and capture that sense of not understanding how it works right. but just going with by someone that does know what all the rules are yeah, and having and to divorce that from your mind right it's 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 something that i think would be really interesting to like try and do someday try and write a song yeah pretending as if we don't understand how music works, but we're just going off of how we hear it and how we feel it. Yeah. It might end up sounding like Limp Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh! 
to all the Limp Biscuit fans out there, I don't apologize. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of kidding, kind of not. Um, no, yeah, that would be fun. But the the thing is that now modern musicians were so trained to worry about theory and worry about the four four time signature that we don't have here. But it kind of we have some time signatures show up later in this set, but we don't have it here. Um, that sense of rhythm is so important mm-hmm. now that you almost can't you just you can't divorce yourself from it. Yeah, I mean that's that's something that even as kids we would learn. You know. ABCs, that's to a rhythm. Yeah. You know? Or anyway. just you could even apply it just like in the same way, like let's try and count to ten. Without... Try counting to ten without a rhythm. Yeah, you or with or without any concept of numbers and how numbers work. Okay, it's not quite like that. We know the numbers. Yeah. But we don't know how they relate to each other. So that's what I mean, like as in we don't understand like which okay. one is supposed to come first I got you. and and then expecting to try and count. Yeah. So, anyway, so these first two songs are just, I didn't want to have it be fully Egypt. I kind of wanted to get it, especially with the fact that we have The Hurry in Him. That's a real song that we've discovered. I wanted to also have something else from the more um, Middle Eastern area. And so that's why Mm. I included this song as well. So what are you? Uh, what do you pick out as being kind of stand out that's not in the first song from this one? Not very much. It seemed like he did a good job of copying the basic ideas, but it definitely is a different song. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the you've got the quote unquote sweet picking, you know, sliding across the strings of the lyre, and then you've got the the harmonies that are kind of accidental. Mm-hmm. But um, we're still in kind of a major mode, so it works out. You know, we're not using the full twelve tone scale. Yeah, um, but that actually doesn't come for a very long time, which is kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Because you know we have so many different major modes. It'll be still several thousand years before we get to that. Point. We have we have so many different major modes and so many different kinds of harmonic scales and harmonic minor and now we have the blues scale which has you know three notes in a row and Mm -hmm. but it sounds like they're working with just an octave um and that's really apparent when he does the kind of and justice for all harmony where he goes you know that dun 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 Mm -hmm. he kind of mimics that in very early in the song um it's not the same rhythm but it's the same notes um so it's very apparent that he we're borrowing directly from some kind of major form of the major modes, whether it's Lydian, Mixolydian. Well, it can't be Lydian. Mixolydian or, or major. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's interesting that I say not Lydian because we do have, you know, it's ancient music. Lydian is is kind of one of those that slips in and out. Phrygian is another one mm-hmm. that slips in and out of of, of ancient music. If, if you're a music theory nerd, you know exactly what I'm saying. But... Phrygian. We'll talk about Phrygian here in a little bit. Okay, good. Yeah, so you know what Phrygian is then. Lyd- Lyd- Lydian's basically just um, major, but you have the sharp four. Mm-hmm. So it sounds kind of spacey, but it also sounds kind of ancient if you have a really basic instrument like the lyre. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think in my mind of any instances of that in these songs, but I know that that's an ancient philosophy to use that flat five in the way that we use it today. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I didn't notice anything special, necessarily completely different from the original song. Oh my goodness! Oh okay. Okay, I was just I was just seeing you mess with the microphone. I was wondering if I was wasn't home. messing with the microphone. I was <laughs> grabbing this phone charger. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't have phone chargers back during hurry and him times. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't notice anything. Um, completely different. Okay. To answer your question, that was a long-winded way. Yeah, of saying that. this this one is kind of the most of all the songs where I was just kind of like, eh, I mean, it's not doesn't really show us anything new. I just wanted to kind of have a little extra of that. I think mode. it was nice. And then we can move on. the The next four songs are all uh, Egyptian, and they're all in kind of an epic. I actually cut out a lot of the stuff around it. But yeah, but I kind of I structured a, it to where it has a. It seems like a theme. Yes, which so is cool. So let's get into the the first one because I think this is where we're going to really have some interesting conversation. So the first one is Adam, Creator, Sun God. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so this one, it kind of segues off of the the stringed lyre mm-hmm. instrument vibe from the first two songs, but now we are starting to get some rhythm. Right. accompaniment yeah first the first drum and guitar duo look at that mm-hmm. so the egyptians in particular loved rhythm they're kind of the 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 pioneers of really making rhythm a central focus of music mm-hmm. um they've they've found more percussion instruments than any other kind of instruments and digs wow. there a lot of tambourines well um, you can hear a little bit mm-hmm uh, towards the end of the song, I think there's a little little bit of a tambourine mm-hmm. going on. So we're also going to see here that the, even though the music is still very free flow, there's there is some kind of structure to it because you'll have these things like, uh, like kind of towards the end of the song when it goes that and then like you yeah, know yeah, there's a buildup. Yeah, there's dynamics now, mm-hmm. and we start with the lyre, and then we have we introduce the percussion after there's kind of a concerto for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. um and then they're together right so there's there is a musical structure yes you're introducing different themes you're introducing different ideas and then putting it together that's just music 101 Mm -hmm. you know you don't want to you don't want to blast beat everybody instantly yeah you want to build up to that And, and that's what they did with this song whoever wrote this song whatever ancient person wrote this song (laughs) thought it through yeah not gonna lie but it was, it was well thought out but here's the thing it's also very likely that the music didn't sound like this That's again very true this is this is just again we're into guesswork now because we don't have a hurry in him to at least get some kind of shaky groundwork to stand on mm-hmm. you know this is purely off of instruments found depictions on paintings and murals um as well as just how the music is played now because really you know obviously they they will take s- there are you know n- native egyptians that study this and have well, just you know certain stuff has been passed down in the same way that people still have folk music today mm-hmm. you know that folk music in some derivative was played like that thousands of years ago it's just because they played that music that way over and over again it's always kind of been passed down Obviously, things being lost in translation along the way, but you can always look at how a native people play 
their native music now as some kind of idea of what the music sounded like back in the day. But obviously, over thousands of years, it's not ever going to sound exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's, it's like a long game of telephone. Yeah. Yes, some some of the original message is still intact, but a lot of things have been changed on the way unintentionally. Well, I mean, it's it's like a long game of telephone, but you have, you know, 30, 50 years to learn the message. It's true. If you're really a trained musician. Mm-hmm. But again, we're we're talking over the course of three thousand years, right? That's the other and th- side. and some things change intentionally. Discovery of new instruments, um, new discoveries on on harmony and melody. You know, there are certain things that are intentionally yeah. left behind in the pursuit of progress, depending on what kind of culture you're looking at. Something like the Egyptians, very forward thinking. You know, yeah. It's likely that if they discover new ways of playing music, they're just going to adopt that and throw out the old that didn't work. Yeah, if a, and not not yeah. keep it around for posterity's sake for people to learn from. If an electric guitar showed up, they would start writing music with it, and <laughs> the lyre would be gone. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Who but, knows? But who knows? That's a question we may never know the answer to. Probably never will. So um, this is where I really got to have fun though with like sequencing songs. Yeah. And so this is this is kind of like a, a nice intro. And I also with the each four of the songs, I wanted to have a different different instruments highlighted, have different feels to where you kind yeah, of get a, feels a, for sure. a full scope of what Egyptian music sounded like and not just, you know, one style of it. And and also you kind of did really well picking the like four very basic concepts of uh, Egyptian mythology, right? Yeah. So you know, creator God, our own physical body, you know, the spirit, and so I have no idea how these actually relate to the music. So I wanted to see if you had an interpretation. I, I I'm gonna have to look at the because I I really only remember the songs in order. I don't remember which song is which. Uh-huh. Um, I do remember that that. Uh, that the physical body one was very doom and gloom, which makes sense. That's the third one, I believe. Because yes, it is. Yeah, it, because that one is. It, then we'll we'll get to that when when we get there. Um, but I don't. Hmm. <laughs> it's interesting that the start of this um, atom creator sun mm-hmm. god, you know, however you pronounce that word, um, was. The famous, you know, um, drop to the fifth, you know, so it'll start with what sounds like A, and mm-hmm. it'll drop to E, and that really plucky layer sound, it'll just bam, bam, you know, that's mm-hmm. that sounds totally like I'm on a camel riding across the <laughs> desert, and it's weird that that has, and I think now that you mentioned that it was probably written more recently. Yeah, that this, makes this, mo- this album came out like in the 90s, I that, think. That makes more sense now because that's something that we associate just as a mm-hmm. modern culture it's just, with it's being imp- the It's desert. impossible to distance yourself from it when, right. you're, when you're using the, the, the language and the knowledge of today to try and recreate something right. that's legitimate from the past. It, it makes you think about the desert and it makes you think about the sun. Mm-hmm. And the sun beating down on you, almost in a malicious way, which I don't know if that's the 
in intention. I'm not sure. But it maybe it we was. Don't, we don't know. Although, you know, I feel like the creator god is a, is a good thing in, mm-hmm. in Egyptian mythology. I don't know. But um, that that was something that I I thought was like a cool little tidbit. But now that you mentioned it more recently, it's kind of like lost its magic to me. Well, I mean, <laughs> we can we can keep the magic alive. We can keep the magic. Yes, it was written 3,000 years ago. Yes. Exactly like this. We're going to lie to all of you guys. <laughs> um, Let's go ahead and go on to the yeah. next one. So the next song That's, uh, starts... With Matt, the, it's got the it's got the choir, right? Yeah. So this and is this one's about the truth balance order. Uh, <laughs> so this is um, looking at vocal music, right? So it's very Gregorian chanty. Yes, with a soloist, mm-hmm. with soloist, um, which I thought was interesting because you didn't um, mention that we have performance pieces, right? No, but also it's like musicians train for like their lives. Like this mm-hmm. is a thing that you do for life, you know. Yeah. So it makes sense now that you mention that in the aspect of now we have a soloist who probably was trained. You she know, was probably a priestess. Probably who was trained for her entire life to sing this way. This sounds very ritualistic. It does, especially when it gets to that creepy. When part it gets where to they're... the creepy part, it almost sounds like they they in post put like a like a doubling effect that like moves it down by like a third. Uh huh. Um, I did that with your final course to wake up dead to make it sound more menacing. Oh, cool. um, which I don't know if you noticed that. I didn't notice that. But um, it sounds like they did that, but they also doubled it, um, which has the really creepy effect of that minor third. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, partway through, I halfway, you know, expected them to say mene mene teko parson for a second. Which, what does that mean? Uh, you, you know, the writing on the wall. Oh yeah, gotcha. I, I I expected it, but then I realized you know that's a completely different language, so yeah. of course it wouldn't show up. But um, it sounded like that. It sounded almost menacing, mm-hmm. but maybe truth balance order has a bad side to it. I mean, it is balance. It is yeah. order. You know, some th- people equate order with you know. The thing is, is in these ancient civilizations, in Egypt, is no different. Just. The gods are something to be revered, but also something to fear at the same time. Ah, okay, that'll so, do it. So, you know, the gods could bless you or destroy you based on anything. You know, hmm. it could be on a whim. It could be that you've done something to anger them and not known it. Or, hmm. you know, you could mess up something in a ritualistic um, ceremony. Hmm. And so... The gods are not to be trifled with, but at the same time, you have to appease them. You have to pay obeisance to them. And so you kind of get that sense of reverence, but at the same time, this like there's this there's this knowledge of of you could die potential doom. <laughs> yeah. This was before we learned about strokes and heart attacks and you mm-hmm. know, that kind of stuff. So somebody getting struck dead, you know. Probably was more medical than it was religious, sure. but you know, but it, we're it, not we're not here to it comment makes, on that. It makes for an interesting piece of music. It does make for an interesting piece of music because it sounds like very triumphant when it comes in with the the big choir and mm-hmm. and and the reason I say it's Gregorian chanty is because um, those were very um, they weren't very focused on harmony either. No. 
Um, Fact it, farming it, didn't exist. I mean, it did. I mean, not it, not to that. It did. It's just we didn't know how to craft it the way we did in by the time we got to the Baroque era. Well, you know, when we got to the Baroque era, we had big, massive chords. I mean, well, there's there it's, cluster chords. Again, they they knew how, but we'll explain that. But they didn't. They knew how, but they didn't know why. Well, they kind of. We'll we'll, we'll we'll get there. There's 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 something else that we'll get there that co- that caused all that. We'll get there. Um, but but they they would sing kind of that single note. Mm-hmm. Maybe they would do a round, you know, but there wouldn't be much change. Maybe they would do the same parallel fifths things or parallel thirds was also a thing. But it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't four part harmony, barbershop quartet level stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very similar to what it was here. You know, you had a, you had a huge choir, but they were singing in unison. Yes, which sounds great. It sounds good. I love unison choirs. I mean, unison choirs are all over the Star Wars soundtrack, and they sound menacing and beautiful, and and all the different colors that they use, all the different Marty Friedman color palette, you know, <laughs> uh, colors that they use, and they do the same thing in this. All that right. was the final thought. That was the end of the yeah, thought. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I, this is the shortest song on the set. Yeah, which was surprising. So there's not as much to say. I definitely wanted to just have that in there to kind of have an example of what Egyptian vocal uh, melody might have sounded like. Mm-hmm. So then we get to move on to more of the uh, the woodwinds and the, the horns for our next song. Ooh, you're right, you're right, you're right. So again, we're looking at now a different set of instruments. This is the this is the one with the physical body. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, this one was. You, you know the Guns and Roses song "Coma." It's been a long time since it's I've heard it's it. it's their longest song, and so of course I wanted to listen to it because I like long songs, mm-hmm. um, as we all do. And it really is kind of an epic. It's 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 got uh, you know a riff that's kind of menacing, and it's got those interlude parts where it's pretty much just bass and vocals, and it's kind of developing an atmosphere without the reverb and everything it's really kind of cool uh-huh um and i would say they kind of do the, they they give me the same kind of mood with these instruments as well because you have that droning whatever it is mm-hmm. it sounds almost like a drum that they're just you know hitting very very fast but very lightly so it's like no building there's or... there are a lot of ancient instruments that are created specifically to be drones okay so, um, you know, looking at, you know, that's, you know, you have, it's a bagpipe is two instruments really put together. Yeah. One to, then, you know, you've got stuff like hurdy-gurdies and mm-hmm. um, didgeridoo. hurdy-gurdies. Yeah. yeah, didgeridoo to, a, to an extent is kind of like that as well. Um, but just, you know, they there, there were instruments specifically because it's what would keep everything together because they're... There wasn't a lot of um, variation in like messing around with a, do- a lot of keys and modes. It's just you know, we know this works, so let's just really know how to do this, and we'll just have one person literally just be the drone. That has to be like the crappiest job <laughs> in the band. Yeah, to just get to be the guy that plays one continuous note the whole time. Yeah, it's like the drummer in a doom metal band. It's like you know, hit the kick in the snare every thirty seconds. Yep. Um, I actually am kind of sorry about that one. Um, no. I mean, yes. <laughs> what was I thinking? 
yes, you're right. That would that would that would be a terrible job. But it also it does um, develop the atmosphere of you know maybe like they think that the physical body was something that you got to break away from. Mm-hmm. Which I would say, yeah, to an extent, like they, that's a that's a common theme in a lot of their mythologies. View, their view of the afterlife was very much, you know, it's very merit based. Yes, from what I understand, you'd mm-hmm. have you know have the test of Osiris. You'd weigh your heart against a feather, and if it weighs less, you get into paradise, and otherwise, you get somewhere else. Were maybe there, somewhere else, or maybe you stop existing. I can't remember. Were there people whose hearts actually did weigh less than a feather? That's the real question. That's that's the question on everyone's as, mind. As Maz Kanata would say, a good question for another time. Good question for another time. But we don't know. I mean, they didn't know. No. So, um... Yeah, so there's... Yeah. So, yeah, there's just... It's interesting because, like, your normal average listener would hear this and go, Oh, this song sounds ugly. Like, those, those horns sound s- stupid. They don't sound clean and polished. And, you know, it's just kind of like, again, you benefit from being able to like, let's, let's actually put ourselves back into this time frame. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, it's not, it's meant to sound very, you know, cause the instruments were, they weren't refined to be super pleasant to the ear because again, that's, that wasn't the main focus. These songs were meant to serve a ritual purpose first off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when they played these, they didn't have people sitting in concert venue, just sitting watching. What are they going to do next? Yeah, I know. It, it, the 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 woodwind instruments do make it sound kind of like uh, like oh yeah, like temple music. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'd have like the like temple dances. Yep, maybe. You know, that's what it sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be that people are sitting watching, but it's not just music happening. There's other things happening, you know. They could be watching a religious ceremony, you know. There could there could be dancers. There could be, you know. Um, and once again, this is written recently. This is just a guess, right? Yes, okay. absolutely. The only song on this set that we know was written was the very first one. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Because I didn't think so, but... Okay, but I feel like these are very historically accurate, as, as accurate as a person born today can make it. Because I've heard some other ones, and I feel like this has come the closest from what I've heard. Okay, but let's go ahead and go to the last one because this is my favorite one. Yeah, Shen, this one's, this, Eternity. This one's very upbeat. So obviously, there's a positive view on eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, eternity being that the afterlife is a journey. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. I feel like that that's what this is. It's it's very much, it has a lot of movement to it. Okay. And a lot of, almost like you are on a journey through a dark place. But Really? At the same, I don't see it as that. But, at the, but it's like, you know where you're going. You have a guiding light, but it's, you know, I've always, I always imagine that it's like a low lit candle room whenever I hear this like song. Like Phantom of the Opera. I think what the cool of. thing about these, though, is that we can all have our own interpretations yeah. of them. We all kind of envision something else happening. Yeah. I mean, I always envisioned it being like a jam session, mm-hmm. but like a happy jam session. Like, hey, let's all go outside and, you know, grill whatever meat we eat in Egypt and, mm-hmm. you know, play whatever outdoor sport we play in Egypt. 
and play this music. Yeah. It's like street festival music. Yeah. I, Actually, I could also yeah. see this being like, you know, uh, a, a dignitary or royalty Ooh. Is, is, is coming in and this is like their, um, their entrance music. Yeah, because it, it's not the same. We have percussion. Mm-hmm. But we don't have the percussion of like the droning, which I would say to an extent is kind of percussion because it it's a sound more than it is a note. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, even though you don't actually hit it. Um, and then also the the first song, which has it has a beat, but it's kind of and this is kind of kind where of laid back. It's kind of where this comes full circle. Yeah, and this this one it, it's more you kind of got a faster tempo. You've got what sounds like to an extent some kind of symbol. Mm-hmm. You know, keeping the beat too, um, and the again, tambourine again. You hear their their big emphasis on rhythm, right, right, and and different kinds of rhythm. You know, we're not limiting ourselves to snare on the two and the four quite mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, uh, and you can hear. Uh, and this is where I'm going to flex a little bit of my music theory, but it feels definitely like Phrygian throughout this song. Ooh, I think you're right. I think because this is the classic Egyptian sounding melody. Yeah, that's that's a Phrygian thing. Kind of little runs that they would do. Um, yeah, and then where you've got that flat two. They also hit the they also hit the blues note. I think a couple times the devil's chord or whatever the triad. Uh, yeah, the triad. Thanks. No, not the triad. That's that is the devil's note. The, the tritone. Tritone. The triad, the triad. Is, is, is like a major minor. See, all the cred that I just got <laughs> just got taken away. No, no, but no, but I think you're right. Phrygian and I think it's Laodian, Laodician, Laodician, Ionian. Not Ionian. Something. It's M- it's it's where it's basically the same. Megalodonian. But maybe. <laughs> maybe, but but it's if you're in C major, if you start on the B. Mm-hmm. Right, so you get the same cool weirdness as you get from Phrygian, but instead of that fifth, you get a flat fifth. Mm. But I would say I, I hear the fifth a couple times in here, so I don't think it's purely that. I think it is Phrygian, and they just added that tritone in there just to sound like cool, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of experiment. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think you're right, though. I will give you credit. Oh, yes. I'll give you credit. You are understanding major modes. Yeah, I'm getting better at it. Oh, I just I've always known that the Phrygian is like the the Arabian <laughs> slash Egyptian mode. Well, yeah, and then you can't forget the fact that you have that weird harmonic Hungarian Hungarian minor or Spanish harmonic minor or something. But if you start on the fifth, then it's basically what the Wake Up Dead solo is written out of. Mm. So it's basically Phrygian, but you have a sharp third. That's a lot okay. of Slayer, which makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of probably a lot of stuff in this set that neither of us picked up on. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised because it has the same kind of sound. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, all right. Well, I yep. think that I think that wraps up. <laughs> that that was that was just an interesting. Section. That was it. It was it was a lot more interesting than I. I, I knew that this would be interesting, but I'm, right. it's nice to know that we were able to get some good conversations and observations right. out of it. I, I would add, listen to the songs. I stress this every episode, but I mean, listen to the songs. Let's yeah. be real. Mm-hmm. 
All right, we're going to go ahead and take another break. When we come back, we don't have a bonus song, so we're just going to give our final thoughts and wrap things up. So stay tuned. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everyone, to the Good Music Podcast. We just got finished talking about ancient Egyptian music and a little bit of Korean music as well. So we don't have a bonus song to talk about, so we're going to just go ahead and get into our final thoughts about what we think about music in its oldest known form. So Grant, I'll start with you. What did you What did you get out of this? Did any perspective of music change? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I would say it's it's really meta, you know, thinking about like, we have our music now because we're able to record it, mm-hmm. right? Um, we talk about music all the time from like 80s and 70s and 90s and stuff, over 20 years ago. And we would not have been able to talk about music that was performed over 20 years ago if we were in these times. You know, we'd mm-hmm. have to have somebody perform it in front of us, you know, and then we'd also have to have the listeners in front of us for our, our commentary, yeah, um, it's it's just it's it's weird to think how much just recording and record keeping has changed, and then also the fact that even before that we were able to keep records through music. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason we have music from you know around Renaissance, Baroque, classical eras is because we understood sheet music. Mm-hmm. We had a language for that. We didn't have a language for that back then. Um, so that was a big thing. Another big thing was just the experimentation um, and really challenging, you know, what is musical about this? Why do we have this? Why did you pick this for the Good Music Podcast? Why do we determine that this is music? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and during our part one of this section, um, just talking about that was kind of reminding me, not really eye-opening because my eyes have been open to that idea for quite a while, but just reminding me of, the fact that what music should really be about, mm-hmm. you know, and really asking that question. And I don't really have a straight answer to that. I mean, I tried to give a straight answer in part one, and I really couldn't. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's an intangible thing. And this episode was good at highlighting that for myself. So I, I'm not going to say that any of these songs are going to hit my all-time favorite playlist. Well, I, I wouldn't have expected them but, to. <laughs> but it it was beneficial to me as a both a musician and a listener nonetheless yeah um for me and i'm going to just again kind of go into a little more detail on just why i think that this series is important um i think that we cannot truly appreciate music at its fullest capacity until we understand what journey music has been on. Um, You know, I want to take everyone here 
as well as you on a journey to see like how did music become what it is what are the things that we take for granted in today's music that we can now identify after hearing old music that had no idea about the concepts we use now mm-hmm. and now we can listen to and go man yes this is such a standard chord progression but man it just it it's it works and that's why we have it now mhm stood the test of time it has and so um just hearing kind of how music even this old still has some kind of impact into the music we listen to today. Yeah. I mean, all the fact that we can listen to some of these songs and go, Oh, this reminds me of this song from this day. Yeah. It's just, you know, and this is going to be more interesting when we get to music that we know was written during this time and know exactly how it's supposed to sound. And we can still hear the modern day influences. Um, we can fully appreciate today's music when we really understand music's past. Mm -hmm. And I feel that I always have a new gleaning and a new appreciation for music after I go through these little journeys. Because this is not the first time I've listened to ancient Egyptian music. That Mm. that Egyptian album is something every now and again I'll just kind of throw on just to kind of have a little trip back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm really excited to go through this. I am. I think that yeah, it's it's weird in these early periods because you know we're it's a lot of well, it might have sounded like this, and it's yeah. so foreign to our ears the way that it's played and the way it sounds. Right. But as it's still, I think, fascinating, and it's going to continue to get more fascinating the further we move through. We're going to move very fast at first, and then we're going to you know as music diversifies we're going to start slowing down and just looking at all the different styles that are out there you know we're going to look in depth at all the genres and all of the subgenres and all of the movements all and the subgenres all of them oh wow that'll be that'll be a trip yeah i'm going to get detailed once especially once we hit the 1900s like, oh yeah i'm going to um, i'm going to take my time modern era music explosion of of different styles and ideas um yeah, I'm looking forward to this too. Good. And and I hope that um, we will get more structured and more coherent as we go. I yeah. Mean, obviously, this was a little this, bit of an experiment. This one was kind of, you know, we want to kind of see what would happen. And I feel like I now have some good ideas of kind of how to oh, yeah. approach it in the future. Kind of how the, when we did our first volume two, we were just kind of like, I don't know. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we have volume twos every month. Uh-huh. So. Um. All right. Well, that's our episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I hope that you guys also found this interesting and that you will um, return back next month for our part two, where we're going to um, be looking at the Greeks and the Romans and how they um, kind of gave us the, the tools to finally start understanding why music is the way it is and see how that influences how the music changes and sounds. Um, so make sure that you tune in. That's going to be the last episode of the month of August. And uh, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to become a patron, unlock uh, exclusive content, which includes early episodes and an extra cover song. Um, there is a link in the description of the episode there, as well as a link to the Spotify playlist with not only these songs, but all the songs from our previous episodes. They're all on there. 
Um, go check out our older episodes. If there's bands that you want to hear about or bands that you've never heard of that you're like, hmm, let's see what this band is about. Yeah. Go check those out as well. Um, make sure whatever platform you're listening on to um, leave us leave us a comment, leave us a rating, subscribe. New episodes every Monday morning, 9 a.m. Central, which is when our next episode's going to come out. And that's going to be our third volume two. One that I have done a lot of research on and I'm really excited to talk about in detail. I think it's a warranted volume, too. I think it'll be popular with everybody, so don't yeah. miss it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, the last thing is go check out our YouTube channel and yes. do all the stuff. Do all the stuff that YouTube wants you to do. Yes. Rate, subscribe, like. like. Wait, there's no rating. Comment. Com- yeah, that's Comment, what it is. subscribe, like. If you want to hit the notification bell and be really cool... You can do that. Mm, cool kids. But they upload at the same time, so just keep that in mind. Should be should be pretty straightforward. They come yeah. out at the same time. Yeah, easy to remember. All right, well, that's it. I'm Lucas. I'm Grant. Keep on listening to good music. We'll see you next time.